relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. God, that oh, one put me on that one it always like it just it's like a ah, the vibrations are nice it, it takes you it takes you down a level or two where you're like hmm and this it's this a week's different guest, chakra every time it does if you let it open some chakras you're right good point guru mike yeah. guru mike i like that that's a good one that's better than <laughs> mike mcgrowan guru mike mcgrowan <laughs> <laughs> I love this week's guest. I think she's great. I thought her vibe was really cool. Um, she's got that uh, nonchalantness about her that I think, that, like we were talking about in cannabis, it's important where it's like, we're, what? We're not doing it. It's just this. I have a, we grow a plant here. There's two weddings. Like it's a farm. What do you do? Like, yeah, it's cool. If you need help, we'll help you do some stuff. We're good at this and this. And you're like, yeah, because everyone else you know, like knows that we have to be like, listen, we're not doing anything bad. And she's like, yeah, we're not. And I'm going to shut get this. up already. Yeah, we're getting this done. I like getting shit done. And you're like, I like her. She's cool. I want to get no, shit done with her. She's for sure an adult, an adult that we desperately need in the cannabis industry. That's a nice way to put it who will like fill out the paperwork and be about the stuff and structure stuff. You know, I'm going to be honest, myself included. A lot of us are a little feral in the cannabis industry. We're it's like up a, in the mountains yeah. where we're coming to some of us haven't bathed in a while. And she's like a businesswoman who can help navigate different land actions and different, you know, land usage and shit like that. She, she, she makes things better. And yes. she's sophisticated and it's, it was refreshing to talk to someone that's like growing and doing all this interesting vertical stuff, but also is sophisticated and you're right, not a feral person. Like there are times, uh, where like when we were in Southern Humboldt, I didn't worry how Mike was dressed. <laughs> but when we were in Denver, there's like a couple of times I was like, man, I just, we're, just I don't know like a, just like not a shirt with a graphic on it could we do that but then why you know, do you have so many pockets there was just there is, you do have a lot of pockets I have always trim scissors in there a lot of times nah there's never been trim scissors in there I've never I've been around you a bunch there's never there's never extra you know you've never needed extra pockets for anything <laughs> anytime I've ever been around you now that you say that <laughs> oh my god i'm just I do. a free-flowing dude you're so losing a like... ton of weight right now and i can't wait we're gonna use it to make you dress just not like a ton better <laughs> but just a little nicer it's fine it'll be so not buying clothes at fred myers is what you're saying i That's... well i'm not saying that because there's some we could do fine at fred myers i think with you i think it's the sections of the fred myers that you go buy clothes <laughs> Do the thing. Introduce the dude. Introduce. She's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Chelsea Joseph. 
Well, hey, how's it going on there? Hello. Where are you actually hitting us up from? I am in Boulder, Colorado. Oh, I like Boulder. Yeah. We so just were. Good. It's unusual. A lot of people don't have that reaction, so that's good. <laughs> I can see why. Well, I, I, I can see why a lot of people do not dig Boulder, but it's. Uh, I actually, someone said this the other day. Was I was like, I like to visit Boulder. I don't think I could live there. Does that make sense? It does. And technically I'm in the county, so I'm not even in the city, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, well, now that the school season's over, it's, it's pretty nice. Low key. Well, any, well, yes. Well, any college town, when the students are there, you're like, well, this is a perfect place yeah. full of very unique, <laughs> open-minded people. And then, yeah, it is. Every three months, right? Oh no, the hornies <laughs> showed up. Exactly. Traffic gets bad. Everything's crammed. There's like kids everywhere. And you're like, oh yeah, school. Yeah. But it's really I, nice right now. I'm I'm from I'm calling in from Eugene. So it's definitely like, oh, they're almost gone. This is gonna be great. <laughs> That's awesome. Similar towns I hear, Eugene and Boulder. Well, we actually just had somebody tell us that. Um, I forget how she put it, but it was basically that Boulder is like a universal chakra of uh, <laughs> the earth or something like that. So there's, there's that, <laughs> it seems like there's a cosmic energy there in Boulder. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> well, when all your parents have that much money, you get to be pretty loose with your life, I think. I think that's... That's the vibe I got when I was in Boulder. I was like, man. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people come here with money. I went to see you. Actually, I didn't make it far after high school, so I went to see you. And um, most of the kids in my class were from Florida or Texas or somewhere else. It was wild. Like, I would be one of two or three in a class of 40, even from the state. And yes. the only, it was bizarre. My <laughs> wife, she, got, she went to uh, this prep school in North Carolina. Not because she came, she got a scholarship. It's a long story, but uh, that's what she always, because she understands how like that system works, that, that, that prep Ivy League. And she was like, oh, anyone that, any of the kids that had like a record or something that couldn't get into Ivy League schools, they go to Boulder. <laughs> and then I went and I've performed there a couple of times. I was like, oh my God, that is who is here. It is, it is wealthy. Uh, criminal right. children is what it is. <laughs> exactly. They're really fun, but you yeah. can't trust them. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's a blast. Yes. But, but so yeah. you grew up in Boulder. I did. Oh, so I'm sorry. We've been ripping on it this hard. I didn't, it's I okay. thought you I moved there and I apologize immediately. It's okay. That's why it's I was a great place. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> so That's you grew up around the this around cannabis i assume um i'm not really like around it but like maybe the culture a little bit was more friendly here than other places certainly um it was kind of like a don't do that not like you're gonna go to jail sort of feeling <laughs> yeah you know i had some friends who got like possession tickets or something like that but it was pretty rare you know, for anyone to be picked up for, for cannabis. But it was like drinking, right? Yeah. I think they had bigger problems with the school and all of the alcohol and yeah. Yep. 
but they viewed like cannabis kind of like, well, it's also, it's like these kids and drinking. It's the same kind of. Yeah. Or like less, the lesser of two evils. I mean, when you're choosing which like to prosecute, I don't know if anybody gets stoned and gets in a fight. It's or... so hard to get to want to <laughs> fight when you're high. It is so yeah. like so much has to happen for you to be like, okay, all right. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're just bored if they're catching you smoking. <laughs> or you're just being such a dick about it that they're probably yeah. like, Hey, stop it. Yeah. 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 Here's the line. You crossed it being a little obsessive. I do remember though in college. So maybe it was like 2011 and the 420 rally was like out of control up until that point. Like the whole, uh, like library, like field in front of the library, um, would be filled with people, all kinds of people, people who went to the school, people from all over the state. I remember friends and cousins would drive to Colorado for like the Boulder 420 celebration and right <laughs> Yeah, we would just start smoking. It was like this huge cloud over Boulder. And then one year they decided to shut it down. Um, I can't remember exactly what did it. Um, maybe it was just the traffic or medical was coming along at that point. So they were like, all right, we've got this business thing over here. We can't let this go down anymore. I'm not really sure. But um, I was at school that day and I remember they had like hired like price security, like a private security company to like stand at every like sidewalk and check your ID. And, um, on the way into one of my classrooms, I like got to the school and noticed the security. And like, that's weird. They definitely asked for my ID, but like a mile into the campus, um, I was walking into a building and I saw like a leg swing, like up in a tree. And I was like, what? The and there was kids in like head to toe camo, like with like sticks and leaves and all of this stuff, like glued to them, like up in the trees. Um, they'd been camped out there all night and they were going to drop down at 420 and smoke. And they were like, <laughs> you know, so I was like, cool. Like that's, you know, I guess someone has to do it. So yeah. And then now it's not a thing anymore. <laughs> I had to, so it's like, it's gone now. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that you're allowed to do it. No, I mean, they well, might... didn't they didn't they move it to like the the capital in Denver? Yeah, that was always a thing too. There was like a thing in Denver and a thing in Boulder. So you're you're right. Cap Hill still is a thing, like a celebration there. Um, I walked into it one year and was just irritated. Do you know? Yeah. Well, like I forgot it was going on, and I was here. I was in Denver to do a show, <laughs> and I was like the show was at night so i was just like walk i was like man denver's such a fun walkable city and i was like what no oh no no because <laughs> it's just too many i don't like that many people but it no, was just yeah, yeah. it's all but, walks of life oh yes and and not everyone's there to really celebrate most people are just like hey there's a crowd look at this nonsense. And no one's fighting right no I mean, no one's fighting so no. if it was a beer party it, there would be some fights Oh, every yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I went. I went to hemp for that. <laughs> I remember I went to Hemp Fest in Seattle before it was legal, and that was uh, I did comedy in a tent, and that was the first time I'd done it in front of a bunch of people that were just actively stoned. And I was like, "What a terrible idea this was! What a terrible! It's not great for stand up, but." You're right. I did walk around and be like, no one has gotten in my space at all. And that yeah. is every festival I've ever been to. 
if there's alcohol involved, people are just like, Hey, I'm going to get, and you're like, I just, (laughs) please don't do that. And it's an American thing. I don't think it's a, it's an American on alcohol thing. Yeah. Cause I've been around other countries where they're drunk like that and they don't get in your, it's very strange. I don't know where, yeah. What is the, where does the aggression, I mean, probably just from the American experience in some ways, but the aggression (laughs) totally right. Like there is this level of like, this is my blanket or this is like where I'm standing or, you know, this like aggression at festivals or concerts and not abroad though. It's a good point. I never thought of that. And people get just as drunk. That's the thing. I was like, I was like, no, they're hammered. So why? Yeah. Yeah. No one's being (laughs) it, but it's truly an American and it's booze. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're right. When, but I would love to see, I think that's one of the things before legalization, like going to places like Boulder on 420 would have been cool to see thousands of people in the town smoking at once. It's pretty neat. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I went a couple, uh, a couple of times in high school and one year it was my senior year at high school, you know, ditch school, go to CU on 420. And we actually ran into a couple of our teachers from our <laughs> high school. We were like sitting in a circle and they like walked through like our circle, like kind of rudely. And we were like, and we looked up, we were like, Oh my God, there were like two, they were like coaches for sports. So they like had to have jobs in the school. So like one of them was like an art teacher. Like it was kind of like abstract jobs. Cause they were like wrestling coaches, but yeah, we totally walked into our teachers there. That's my, you, I mean, my dad doesn't smoke weed, but that's just who you just described who my dad was. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I always called him. My dad was a high school football coach and teacher. It's, <laughs> yes. it's like, I'm Hey, what do you do during the day? He's like, why don't you stop asking questions? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Well, we're for the boulder insults now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think people, I think people assume if you are a coach in boulder, you were, uh, you're probably pretty loose. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so then was it always kind of like that in Boulder? Like throughout your childhood, was cannabis just kind of in the backdrop of it all? I mean, yeah, it's definitely like a really granola place. There's lots of like apothecaries and herbs are a big part of, you know, medicine here. And um, just say friend, rich white people. That's yeah, all, that's, I mean, I would you just don't have to use code words here. Yeah, we're like middle class at best. So we're kind of you like, said the county. I'm talking about yeah. this. Yes, the county is like it is. <laughs> let me set the scene coming from Denver. If you've never been to Boulder, it is about 20, 30 minutes in about five years. But you come around and this I would call it a hill where I'm from. Yeah, you come up and yeah, down into the hill, the valley of Boulder, right? And you see it in there's a lot of farmland. That was my first thought was like, wow, to have a little farm out here would be amazing. And then I was like, wow, that's what literally everyone that crosses this mountain, this hill thinks. Uh, so I'm sure it's not not cheap. But that's that's the first thing I noticed when I got to the city. I was like, these are these aren't farm people here in the city no it's true there's i mean i don't know the exact thing but there's a a lot of phds and doctors there's the i think that one of the biggest industries in boulder is aerospace um google has a a campus in boulder so there's a lot of tech a lot of doctors the university brings a lot but yeah a lot of rich white people is 
you know, kind of. A, That's the city, but where you're out is a lot yeah. of big trucks getting yeah. in, like We're, mad that you're there exactly. with your car it's not too far it's about 10 minutes east of boulder is where we're at so we get a i like to say like we get a nice view of the front range where boulder sometimes you're looking straight up because you're right in the foothills mm-hmm. um and so where i'm at you get a nice view of the mountains and we're still in the valley but good spin i like the spin you put on it yeah, thanks that's i like that so how did you get into like, so you're, you're at CU. Did you ever live anywhere else? I'm going to just ask about all anything. Yeah, I, sure. know. I mean, not, not pre like until after college, I did live in Houston for about seven months after college and then moved back quickly. I'll be in Houston a couple of weeks at the secret group. If anyone's interested, I don't know when this is coming out and I think it may be passed when this comes out, but yeah, a good connection. I do like Houston. It was, a, uh, um, it's, it's getting better all the time. I think this was like, you know, 12 years ago, 10 years ago. So, um, yeah, but- I know. I love Houston. It's one of my, it's one of the most underrated places I've in the, in America. It's a very yeah. multicultural fast yeah. place a unique city it's It's very big yeah yeah it's crazy and yeah the pace is nuts and the people are interesting they get like a bravado that's kind of fun (laughs) yeah Yeah. no i get it yeah but i get why you left too because it's sometimes you're like you guys you guys stop this is ridiculous yeah and i had a huge opportunity to come back with a cannabis and it was so you left to go what did you because you can't do cannabis in houston no you couldn't no um i you can but it is risky um, (laughs) it's so risky (laughs) that's hysterical um i moved down there with a boyfriend after college who got a job down there and i had a couple little jobs um but what happened was i started working in cannabis and 2009 ish. And it was not, um, anything like it is today. It was like a caregiver collective. There's no dispensaries. We were growing in our basements and our garages and having trim parties with our friends, you know, and, you know, trying to do it the best way that we could, but also meeting patients and parking lots and at their homes. And it was all, um, very wild west. And so I started, that's when I started in 2009, when I graduated, it was 2012. And, um, uh, I guess I'll just explain to the, the, uh, gal I was working for in 2009, her name's Jill Lamro, and she's, um, the first, uh, caregiver collective in Boulder. Um, and so I linked up with her and started working with her. She sold her business in 2013. And that's when I graduated college and decided I was going to try to make like a real career, like, a, you, know, <laughs> above, you know, not like a federal, uh, prison sentence risk, like on the end of the other end of it. Um, at the time, yeah. I mean, yeah. so, I'm going to pay some taxes. Yeah. That, yeah yes. Exactly. Yes. exactly. Yes. I'm gonna do the real, I got just graduated. Let me try to do something real here. So went down to Houston, um, and, uh, got a consulting gig about six months later with Kayvon who introduced me to you. And, um, I was interested enough to move back to Colorado and get hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. See, uh, I've known that man for a while and just parts of his life still just come up that yeah. I don't know about. <laughs> yeah. So he was, uh, he was, if you're not sure who we're talking about, he was the first, uh, guest this season. And we'll talk to him again because he's fascinating. And 
so you met him in Houston? No, I was living in Houston trying to be like a, a real adult and then uh, had an interview with his consulting firm. Um, with the Denver Relief? Exactly, yeah. Got you. Oh, okay. I Here's where my crazy brain did because he said he was an engineer i was like wait did he live in houston and that is he did he was like in the uh where was he at um down by the gulf uh beaumont oh see yeah okay my brain's not wrong it's crazy but it's not not wrong um you're right i remember that so i was just trying to put i was like so it's but no okay so you were down in houston and you're like and the boy thing probably not working great. I assume if you were like, I'm going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I've been there. Hey, I've been there. I've been, there, all in a, been there. I've been there in a couple cities. You guys, it's, it's, so, yeah, yeah. Too I'm going back. Yeah. Yes. And then, so what did you go back to do? So I worked with Kayvon and Ian um, and Nick at Denverly consulting. I was doing license applications and startup consulting, um, Yeah, mainly those two things. So we would, you know, in the beginning, it was a lot of license applications and uh, we started winning. And so a lot of our clients needed the post license or post application support, um, you know, getting plants and designing their buildings, construction, you know, whatever it might be. And so um, it kind of involved more into like a startup consulting gig. But in the beginning, it was a lot of, um, you know, merit-based application work and, uh, you know, almost like, um, narrative, like the, the merit-based applications that we used to have to write were like narratives on how we would run a cannabis business and they would grade them and you would compete with other groups. And that's how you would win licenses. And it still happens today. It's kind of a, a strange process, but, um, it was a lot of writing and in the beginning. And then, yeah, we started to do operations. Is it, Okay. I have some questions about that. Uh, and that's kind of what this, that I'm the, I'm the dumb one. If you haven't figured it out and that's why Mike is, I think you maybe act dumb, but (laughs) (laughs) don't you out me. Uh, uh, she's smart. Uh, I, so when the, (laughs) the the man that fascinates me, the narrative part of it, where it's cause when you bid on a home sometimes and there's multiple bidders, sometimes the realtor will be like, well, if you write a letter to the homeowner, sometimes that helps. <laughs> and it, it we've <laughs> had to, I had to, this is like when this was years ago, we got this house, but I, that part to me was like, man, I can't not be as like my wife had to do that part because I was like, this is yeah, good thinking. Yeah. She's yeah. We know each other pretty good. Um, <laughs> we have strengths and weaknesses and i just think yeah i could see where a consultant would really come in handy but you're gonna have to help me write this because this process seems real loose loose and medical of time like nowadays we're all so desensitized um but those days we had to be this is medicine the products you know were very uh plain and the packaging was 
the requirements around them are really strict. And so it was kind of, you know, and of course, like dressing things up as a medical product in the beginning, it's happened a number of times in our history. Right. But like, that was an, an added thing too, is it's had to be like a medical product and it was all for medicine and, you know, and it was at the time, but, um, yeah, exactly what you're saying, but it, yeah, it was interesting. So what, how did you, I'm sorry, I'm going to be hung up on this for like, Two more minutes. Um, I'm so sorry. I think it's, I've been writing stuff a lot lately. So that's fast. So how would you go in to write And like, I guess it, would it go, would it depend on what County and what board you're talking to? Yeah. So usually you would need, you know, for like, she got to, tired. I just want to, I want to say like, when I, no, no, asked, I mean, no, 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 I don't mean, but process. just thinking, I know that's, I, that's yeah. what I want to explain. Like you, I could see you go to that place for just a second and you went, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. It Anyone is. who's wrote an application probably had a sigh alongside me. So, so go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I <laughs> no, think that's, that was good. so important and so honest what you did. And we're on the podcast. So I was like, ah, oh, they can't see her. Just be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> they were a nightmare. Um, so Colorado, well, let's see. I'm not really sure who was the first merit-based application. It might've been DC, Nevada, Illinois, um, you know, and merit-based is like, it's the opposite of Colorado. So Colorado, Oregon, um, Washington, was... kind of like put this in like a, you know, different group. Those states, if you have a building that is in the right zone and you meet all of the qualifications, you will get a license. Like there's no cap on licenses. Um, and really what started to happen in a lot of these states, including Colorado and probably Oregon to some extent is uh, the the barrier today is real estate. Like you just, you simply cannot find a building that is zoned properly or that the landlord is willing to lease it for the purposes of your business and so on. Um, so it's kind of the closest thing to a free market that we have, um, in my opinion. And then in the other boat, we have these merit-based states where they pass, um, usually through the legislature, like a, um, a rule about how many licenses can be awarded. And usually it's based on population. Um, in the very early medical days, it was po population of medical conditions, like how many people have cancer or MS, AIDS, and so on. And so they would take these population groups and be like, all right, 30 dispensaries in the whole state. Um, and so in uh, Illinois, for example, I think there was um, maybe 21 cultivators that were awarded a, a grow license in the very beginning, the first medical license that was um, ever awarded there. And so th that's how they would set it up. So, you know, they would say we're awarding this many grows, this many processor extraction, manufacturing licenses, this many dispensary licenses, um, and this many labs. And that was kind of like the four primary, um, in some states, they separated manufacturing and extraction, and there was like a separate application for that. And so based on the rules that that state had, which really, as more and more states adopted policy, it became, you know, a copy and paste of all of the rules before it. Like this part is from Colorado, this part is from Oregon, um, this part's now from Illinois or Nevada or Michigan, and um, it would just be like this, uh, you know, conglomerate of different policies. Uh, and 
you would have in most cases like a word limit or a character limit on your responses. And they would basically say like, how are you going to ensure a safe product and you know, 200 words. And how are you going to secure the premises? How are you going to train your people? So there would be prompts and you would respond. Some of them were more technical. Like you would explain your security equipment, specs on your cameras and your lights and your DVR and those sorts of things, or your cultivation efficiency, um, energy efficiency. In some States there were, you know, bonus sections. Uh, we're seeing this a lot nowadays and, and we're seeing it more written into the policy from the beginning of like, minority ownership and like social equity. Um, but in the beginning they used to be bonus points. So if you were a woman owned company, you got like extra points for it, but, um, it wasn't like a requirement. Um, and also for like energy efficiency and things like that. So we would just kind of look at the application and see what we were, they were calling for. And then, uh, over time we had developed, um, so my partner, so I guess I should tie this up real quick. Jill, the gal who I worked for back in the early days when we were growing in our basements, um, is now my partner today, but she was actually uh, working alongside me at Denver relief consulting. And so like throughout all of our operational history, we've developed so many materials. So we would just kind of manipulate those to fit the bill for whatever state and section of an application we were writing. Oh, so you guys had a nice template to be like, this saves us a lot of, let's just ship, yeah. let's just Tetris this part to that's much. man. But you still had to know and do all that research to all those different places where they were like, yeah, we, well, do you have an energy efficient woman? That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. That gets you kind of far. And you know, there's a, one of the most annoying parts, like looking back was probably just changing the vernacular across all of the States, like what they called, what, oh, you know, the man, yes. things, like marijuana or cannabis or like <laughs> or dispensary specialist, or it's like the dumbest stuff you could even think of, but we'd have to go through and change all of it. <laughs> what was the basic, dumb, yeah. What was yeah, the, what's yeah. the dumbest one that comes to mind? Oh God. I don't even know. Probably like, um, the terms that they had for the flower itself, like if it was buds or flower or, um, I don't know, some of the terms for the early medical products were like <laughs> a little silly, um, oral device, like oral tincture device. Like it was just really silly. We'd have to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's basically like you were a lawyer. Like, I mean, what you're yeah. doing with it, that's what lawyers do. You know, you read contracts and you're like, what the fuck do these words even mean? Right. Well, we went to school for four years <laughs> and they mean this maybe, yeah. maybe, but it's arguable. And that's what we also do is we argue what that word means. And that'll be $600 an hour. And you're like, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to blow the building up. And you're like, this is why terrorism happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and that's a, actually a hilarious point because it would be so cutthroat at the end of these, these merit-based applications. Like our, our clients are spending millions of dollars to put these groups together and you know, they have leases on buildings and have all of these plans and you had to have you know, sometimes, um, money in escrow to even submit the application. And I, yeah. there, have been, yeah, there have been some mornings where I have stumbled into the state building at 
seven or 8 AM, whenever the application was due. And I run into like my colleagues slash like competitors from other, you know, law firms or consulting firms. Um, and we've not slept in three days. Uh, we look like hell. I mean, I'm carrying like three bankers boxes full of papers and we're just hoping for the best. And Kayvon and I actually have a kind of hysterical story from one, the Illinois app. Um, it was just a shit show and we were up all night. We had an all nighter before, uh, the license was submitted and we, we were in Chicago and needed to submit it in Springfield, which is like kind of a drive, like, I don't know, maybe three hours, three, uh, three, two and a half, three hours. And so just to save time, our client booked a private plane to fly it there. So we had like 90 more minutes to work on it. (laughs) And, um, yeah, we put it together and put it in the plane and submitted it. We ended up winning, um, like four licenses in Illinois. Um, that, so yeah, it, it was a wild time the license applications. The fact that it was in Chicago, I thought you were going to go into this whole blues brothers moment where you guys got into the car. You're like, it's midnight. We're wearing sunglasses and we got a half a pack of cigarettes. We're doing the drive. Yeah, we were going to, that was the plan until we were like, we could use another hour. <laughs> i'm so glad oregon was so much easier than any of this shit like yeah. you know my family has a couple of licenses and it's just like oh this is this merit-based stuff that's so insane to me that you know you even have to do it and like you know oregon has its ups and downs in the legal market but all of this is just like oh i'm glad i live in the wild well West. it's not a goddamn nfl contract where you're like here's my merits and if i hit these merits this is what this is that makes sense to me or like you're in some kind of like but this is a plant that makes no, yeah. I mean, and then the word merit, like you said, is, I mean, the lawyer in my head is just like, man, I can take that 900 different ways. What do you mean by that? And they're like, well, we don't know. What do you think yeah. we mean? And you're like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> it's cool. It's interesting to compare it to an athlete too, because like in a lot of, some states do check you on your operations versus what you said in your application. And it's very strict. Like if you say you're going to build a greenhouse, you have to build a greenhouse or, you know, your license might be good. Like, yeah. Um, so, but then in other States there, there's, (laughs) sorry, that's the hillbilly in me. It was like, you said you're going to do it. You better fucking do it. These are the merits that you won on. Right. So you better do whatever you said you're going to do, but in other States, I'm, you know, it's not as tight and it's just kind of a lot of hot air in the beginning, but a lot of money, you know, I used to say you have to be like the governor's brother or somebody very important to win a license, especially nowadays in the merit-based states. It's just, it's gotten out of control. I mean, Woody Harrelson lost in Hawaii to, uh, yeah, I guess I wasn't a direct competitor, but he, he, uh, he lost. And that was a big shock to me too. So I was like, well, he owns a bunch in LA. Does Yeah. That's I mean, it, I don't think, I mean, oh, that's, I don't know that. California's How kind about of that? Yeah. How about that? I don't know. That. I, I do love that you were like, I'm going to Houston. I'm going to do adult things and adult stuff. And then thank God you came back to the cannabis industry because we need adults like you who can actually do shit like this and who went to college. It's like, Oh man, we, we, as a, you know, entire industry would be screwed without people like you oh. who are like, well, that's nice. I'll say that I'm not like, 
I went to college, but I, you know, kind of been a pothead my whole life. And yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Know, I don't feel like I'm bringing all that much to it. I do think that there's a lot of people even like these days, maybe even after the pandemic, especially that got laid off or whatever, and are kind of looking to cannabis. And I agree. It's, it's great to have like real scientists and real doctors and lawyers who are converting to the green side. And yeah. Mm. They no, wanted 100%. to, they were just, it's just, it was <laughs> tricky for them for a while, I think. And that's, <laughs> that is, I having fun with this season because my, this isn't about growing yet. We're getting into that the second, because you guys were on the forefront of legalizing it. We're just trying to get that out there. So that there's like a lot of word talk and how we did and like leverage and negotiating and like this stuff. So I'm like, that's like right in my wheelhouse. And I didn't foresee that happening and Mike. Cause like this whole episode, I've been like, why hasn't Mike said any, Oh, because it's not a been about plants. This is fun. <laughs> you guys want to talk about phototoxicity at all? Is that <laughs> <Yes. anything? laughs> We're going to have to let him do some, but uh, he does these other ones where we let him nerd out for 10 minutes. So we'll, we'll get him out, but this is <laughs> so, so that they fly you where was the weirdest one? Like as far as merit based, because that's what I'm worried about with legalization going forward when it goes state to state after, even after the federal, because states are so wacky. I know. I don't know. I mean, if you're, if that's like the direction I, uh, I don't know. I think that it's more likely going to be a state's rights thing and it's going to stay state's rights thing i mean looking at like liquor or you know even gaming like there were it was completely prohibited when they uh like legalized it right and so there weren't like state like the, the industry has come so far and booze never made it to this point like there were bootleggers for sure and like illicit distilleries and those kinds of things but it wasn't like what we have now where like hundreds of thousands of people in each state are employed by like a state sanctioned program you know like that illegal alcohol never made it to that and so when they legalized uh, alcohol they started from scratch essentially and they came up with like the federal program um and I just don't really see that as like a practical option for cannabis, just because of how many different policies we have, you know, to answer the question, like they're all weird in the beginning. They all take this progression, especially like the States that started um, with medical policy. Um, and they're all very strict and, uh, you know, access is hard. Um, patient counts are usually low because the registration process is such a pain in the butt or they need to travel to see a doctor somewhere you know it's just it can be really rocky in the beginning but over time they usually loosen up and evolve and um but yeah they're all weird in the beginning probably the weirdest one for me was puerto rico just for like the translation thing um i found out after we submitted that instead of vehicle throughout my whole application i had said uh, ambulance Oh. <laughs> kind of like a fun ghostbusters way to do it like I you, guys are, you guys are really like you travel you travel the most expensive way possible this is uh Light. we're coming yeah, yeah. it's we yeah. so many pounds we put in body bags it's it insane is, how we move cannabis it is, it's expensive yeah. too it is like six thousand dollars a 
Yeah, just yeah. a car ride. Yeah, that. Is. <laughs> what they say. <laughs> That's so, awesome. No, so, yeah, they're all weird. So, how do you see federal legalization going? What if you, if you, with all of your knowledge and all of the different states you've worked with, if you were somebody drawing it up and trying to figure it out, how would you go about it? Um. Well, I see a lot of issues with federal agencies getting involved and like just to name a few like of course we would have the fda who's already kind of getting involved in the hemp cbd side of things right like heavily involved um and then you have like the dea who you know enforces the controlled substances act um and department of agriculture uh, arguably the epa um you know there's a lot of uh science and so, like there's just so much to unpack with having a federal framework or re like regulatory program like we have with alcohol um that i think that they're just going to be like Ooh, and circumvent all of that like that's my best guess is it's just too much to unpack especially with how far we've gotten i mean i've been doing this for 12 years already you know this has all been my whole career so so far um and it's just it's hard to imagine them getting a hold of it and i think too like the older i get the less uh i don't know the less um hope i have in the government to like organize anything <laughs> you know and so i'm like maybe this is i'm just jaded for that reason but um i think that they're going to mm -hmm. like congress has to pass something but they can legalize and leave the operational uh, infrastructure up to the states. You know, they're certainly going to have to address things like interstate commerce. Um, you know, and that's going to have that's going to be creative. Like, there's going to have to be some creative policy writing around that. But um, in terms of like what's been done, like people have spent millions of dollars you know, to establish themselves as a business and. Um, you know, we're a very small company in the whole mix, but I have, you know, lots of employees who have families and, you know, it's, it would be a really hard thing to unwind. And we, we do pay our taxes, you know, unlike the bootleggers and the, on like in the liquor example, um, they're starting from scratch with that. So I, I think that there's probably going to be a congressional act that legalizes, um, and leaves it up to the States to, uh, build and enforce their own policies. That's so awesome. I'm so excited about the political aspect of it all and all of your knowledge and that, but tell us about your business that you have right now. Yeah. So I, um, in, let's see, 2017 decided I, uh, was no longer interested in consulting and wanted to return to operations, um, for my, with my own business. And so Jill, myself and a third partner, his name's Alan, uh, started white label in my well, hometown, Lafayette is a suburb of Boulder. Um, and I went to the public schools in Boulder. Boulder is a suburb of Denver. Yeah, so we're a sub-suburb. Suburb. Yeah. But Lafayette is a great little town. Um, and that's where I went to school, like grade school. Um, and we came back here and started uh, White Label. And what's interesting about where we started is it was actually Jill's first licensed building um 
that she sold in 2013 when I moved, we were in that space and the city of Lafayette only allows you in so many zones. Right. And so when we were looking for a place to uh, mm. purchase, when we quit consulting, we found it's just like house. one little circle and you're like, well, that place. Yeah. Is... <laughs> we're like, Oh, that's our old address. <laughs> yeah. It's been empty, I guess, since you guys left. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. here you go. Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, awesome. it changed hands like three or four times before wow. we got back to it. So, um, but yeah, it was empty. They weren't operating in it when we took it over and, uh, it's, it was a very small building. Um, we had a grow upstairs and an extraction and manufacturing room, I guess, downstairs. And, uh, did, we're, we were in that building for about two years, um, and grew very quickly. Um, the, the core of our business so the company's name is white label and we do uh, white label manufacturing for other brands. Um, processing is a, also a huge part of our business. So we purchase a lot of trim and flour on the market and process that using CO2 extraction um, and Ooh. distillation. And so we distill it down to THC, sell that to other manufacturers who make their edibles or their vapes um, with that THC um, and also the manufacturing side. So um, currently we have 10 brands that we're manufacturing for, and it's everything from joints to vapes. Um, we have a candy coated taffy product. We make keto bites, um, gummies, and uh, lots of marshmallows. Um, you know, we have a sexual wellness brand called high on love who has lip balm and lubricant. Ooh. Um, yeah. And so we make a lot of different stuff. And, uh, what I'm really good at is operations and, you know, manufacturing distribution, um, not so much like the marketing and the brand side of things, you know, and I guess another way to say that is like in cannabis, we've, we've learned that we can't do everything right. Like we can't be the grower, the extractor, the manufacturer, like, you know, mm. the brand per person, you kind of have to pick your lane here. And a so a lot of motherfuckers uh, trying to do it all though. Yeah. yeah. And I say that, and as we go on, we become like more and more vertical and like vertically. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, named off like 10 products. Like I know. I, and, and we all, we added it. We have a dispensary and we have, a big outdoor garden in Boulder. And so we, you know, yeah, you, you know, you got to pick your lane, you know, like yeah. you're saying but here's the thing, in uh -huh. the beginning, right? Like in the <laughs> beginning, it was all about product manufacturing and that's how we grew out of that small 2000 square foot building and expanded into the building we have now, which has the outdoor garden. And we've been able to bite off other chunks, um, almost like in our supply chain as we get bigger. But in the beginning, we were very focused on one lane. And then you were able to build upon it once you own know, the next lane. You're like, let me go grab that lane. I'll take that lane also. Like well, interstates don't go. start as six lanes, I guess. They started as <laughs> yeah. <well. laughs> yeah. We're moving from the county, we're into the town. Yeah. You know? And yeah. um, so white label, we're we're on a 24 acre farm in Boulder. We have a uh manufacturing Ooh. extraction. Yeah, we have a fifteen thousand square foot manufacturing building. Um, we opened a dispensary on the property in January of 2020 and it's doing great. The dispensary is great. We're starting to have events on the property, um, again, you know, post COVID and it's a lot of fun. We also opened in Oregon actually in January of this year, um, got our license in Hillsborough. Um, ah. Yeah. So white label Oregon is off the ground and we also have a place in Ohio. 
Ohio's, you know, very medical, very slow moving. Uh, yeah, I bet it is. Yeah, but, um, I think yeah it's, it's still 1986 yeah. in a lot of Ohio, and they're not going to be happy that Reagan dies. <laughs> they are not. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So, when I hold on, I got questions right now. Um, uh, we're all excited. I know she does it. Well, she's she named a lot of things, like <laughs> a lot of lanes. I have a so you do the processing and packaging, and but it's not your brand you're selling, it's someone else's brand you're putting on the products, correct? Um, yes, and we do have our own in house brands where it's Damn still it. us. Gotcha. You wouldn't, yeah. We just have different branded products that, um, but yes, there's like other brands on the outside. Like High on Love is a good example. She's from Montreal and they have High on Love products in Canada and she has them elsewhere, like in the CBD hemp seed market. Um, But we're her manufacturer in Colorado for cannabis products. So she's like a third party brand, like what you're explaining. Um, But we also Uh do in house brands. Montreal is awesome too. So you're just like hanging out in all the dope cities is what you're yeah. doing. Like if whatever, well, hopefully soon, man. Yeah. Well, no shit. No, we're not allowed to go there right now. Um, I was just, I'm excited. I'm getting to travel more. So I was like, Oh, Montreal is one of the best places. Uh, wow. So what is the future for you guys? You just, I want to come see that farm in outside of Boulder. You, yeah, it's a really magical place, especially like August through October. Our plants will be pretty substantial and, you know, we call it Croptober. Um, so the closer to October you can come, it's, it's really magical. Um, but yeah, it's a, you know, the plan is to keep expanding into new States, um, bring our model to, to more States. We, we are operational in Ohio, Oregon and Colorado, and we have projects happening in Massachusetts and Michigan. Um, so, but very early, it's uh, the buildings are like under construction. So um, maybe this year. Amazing. That is, that is one thing that I'm starting to notice over the season is it seems like, you know, it, here in Oregon, we don't really go too much out of state or anything like that. California, a little bit more, but it seems like Colorado people branch off into other states and just kind of go. And you guys didn't legalize that far, you know, before us, but it seems like you guys are really stretching out into other states. What do you think? Why, why is that? I don't know. Maybe like, just the first thing that comes to mind is maybe because we have, I don't know if this is true, but more like MSO pressure here. Like there's a lot more movement on people, not people, MSOs acquiring uh, a lot of grows and dispensaries coming up and purchasing like 15 or 20 dispensaries, for example. And I don't know that that happens so much in Washington or Oregon. Mm -hmm. Oregon, we get a little bit of it with like nectar and like some of the right. other places, but not much. What's MSO mean? A multi-state operator. And actually it's a bad term because like technically we're a MSO. I call us MSO light because we're not like, <laughs> you know, but it's basically like, um, I don't know, Mike, do you want to explain MSO? It, <laughs> It's usually people with big financial backing and stuff like that, that come up and just kind of buy out a bunch of licenses and stuff like that. Like Nectar, who I 
you know, mentioned here, uh, they're one of the few dispensaries that actually will buy the real estate that they opened their dispensary on, you know, they pulled the McDonald's trick where That's they smart. buy the, it's very smart, but it's also like, Oh shit, you got some deep pockets. Yeah. It's like corporate America getting involved and. Like, oh, good. Yeah. In some ways it feels like that. Like when they no. come in by like, you know, 20 grows and lock up a supply chain or like the dispensaries. And I don't know. I'm not really threatened by them. I just don't know that there's a lot of like operational skill behind all of this, but um, you know, the press releases are nice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can for sure tell, you know, the ones that do it, you know, they don't have a lot of deep roots in the States. They usually just have really good marketing too. Right. So that's the other yeah. thing. They're just going to take over. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like maybe that's a thing, like we have more movement with that. So we feel like we have to compete and kind of um, get out there faster just to, to compete. Because everybody saw the dollar signs in Colorado and they all rushed in type of yeah. thing. There are some, I mean, it's definitely loosening up, but it used to be really hard to get into. You have to be like a two-year resident and, um, you know, we're regulated by a Department of Revenue here. So there was a lot of, financial history review and, um, you know, qualifications and things like that. So it did prevent a lot of people from moving into the state, but it's loosening up and we're seeing a lot of MSO movement, I think. What's your favorite, uh, strain? Oof, it changes. I think, I mean, uh -huh. I know. everything, it's the variety is like the spice, right? Like I, uh, like every month or so, I feel like I move on to something else or like I'll even circle back to it right now. We have something called planet of the grapes in the store and it's fresh indoor that we took down in April. So it's, um, just came into the store like two or three weeks ago and it's my favorite right now. It's all I've been getting. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> And that's yeah. also there when you when you start getting really used to it too you're like oh man it's gonna go away fuck yeah that's another fun <laughs> part of it though i, I think it's a fun out. part yeah you want to you got to move on to something else eventually yeah it is true you do plateau that is a very very good point and i'm sorry i don't know can you guys hear all that nonsense going there's so many sirens going off. It, it, it's like a good... the marijuana deliveries. It's <laughs> yeah, the ambulance is delivering. <laughs> they are they are that fucking loud sometimes when you're trying to be discreet. The ones you order online, sure, your marijuana's here, and you're like, just come on, man. I got kids. <laughs> Just pull up in a pot leaf car yeah i mean it is just like yeah it's just like god like, did you order some pot and you're like man yeah i know it's legal but come on <laughs> that's hilarious so what's your favorite memory that you have from the early days of cannabis oh that's a good question oh favorite memory um I'm sure there's many. It's just, it's just funny for me. I get really nostalgia. I'm a huge nostalgia junkie. So like, especially where we're at here in Oregon, I'm like ah, a decade ago, I really like this one memory. And yeah. you know, uh, well, I mean, this is, I don't know if I'm like proud of this, but we, <laughs> 
in the, the first sensory, like we opened just talking about nostalgia. It was, um, the basement unit in like a medical office building and there's no marijuana licenses. I think we had like a general business license, like maybe even like an herbal store license or something like that. They were just like, Oh, I don't know here. Take this. Like, <laughs> they didn't know what to do with us. Um, and we, would have, you know, people who were ill, a lot of like end of life situations. And you probably can relate coming from Oregon and the early medical days. Um, there was a lot of merit to, to the people there and their conditions and that kind of thing. But, um, they, we would have them smoke or vape like in the unit. Like it wasn't really a thing. We also had like a massage room. One of our, uh, I don't know if it, she was a patient relationship or how we met her, but she started offering, um, monthly massages. And so the way it worked in Colorado and a lot of places is when you signed up to be like a caregiver, you got six plants and two ounces added to like your, um, quantity allowance, I guess. Um, so a lot of times patients will be like, well, what do I get? Like, can I see my plants or like, you know, whatever. (laughs) So, um, we would offer them a massage, like a monthly massage. And so we had this separate office where, people would book online through like, I think we had like a yoga software that we would run all of our transactions through. I had like a punch register. Way before metric. Way oh, before God, metric. Yeah. It wasn't even a thing yet. Um, but yeah, we would, people would be like, can I try it? And I'd be like, sure. And they would try it <laughs> in the store and be like, that makes me feel good. And then they would buy some and um, they would get massages in the uh, office building. It was very strange. Um, but looking back, it was like all we had. Right. So like, it's amazing to think how far it's come since we have, we have like Apple stores now, like dispensary yeah. stores. <laughs> I mean, I've been to a lot of dispensaries and never got a massage and been able to smoke there. Like I would, I'd be all about it. Maybe well, there's not. some of the ones I've seen, but yeah. there are what I call like pirate dispensaries that pop up in LA and I, you they just pop up and you're like, what is this? And I've always go in them because it's awesome. And because technically I'm not doing anything wrong. You know, I'm like, I didn't know it was illegal, you know, whatever. But, <laughs> but there's always like the one I went to last time, it was just like, I was literally just walking by and I was like, man, it smells like weed in there. And I walked in the store and they're like, come on in. It's a new dispensary. And I was like, is it? <laughs> And they were given it right next to the school. That's well, so was, weird. Oh, it was, that mean, everything was like, okay. Um, and then they were like, this is how, and I was like, man, this feels shady as hell. And, uh, they were like, do you want free dabs where you can, I was like, what do you mean? You're saying giving away? They're like, no, you can smoke them. We'll just smoke you out here. And I was like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but that's when I was like, this is, you guys are not going to be here next week for sure. <laughs> No, no, that's crazy. Yeah, there was definitely a little bit of that everywhere. I'm not so sure about the, uh, you're not, you know, you're not guilty just because you like thought it was a dispensary. I don't know about that. It looked like I had a sign outside. You're like, I'm an adult. (laughs) I thought I could be here. (laughs) I don't, I mean, no, I'm for sure not. I I wasn't 100% on that legal fucking thing. That would have been like, I, what? I'm not oh, my accent. I'm yeah. like, I'm not from around here. I thought y'all yeah. could do it. No, it's a good play. It's, uh, it's funny. Well, I did a show one time and we'll let you go. This is in Colorado Springs at one of those establishments where 
like in me it was called the dab lounge i don't think i'm avery it was pretty infamous and i think yeah. like when i walked in the place i was like yo what is this because people were just doing dabs all over the yeah. place in this guy too like the head shops oddly like started like having lounges and like they had to kind of compete with the dispensaries and i remember seeing a few on colfax that were like i'm like are they dabbing in there it was like oh <laughs> it was everyone and i was like hey i don't is this legal and this guy with the tattoo on his neck <laughs> And a tattoo on his face. He was like, yeah, I figured out a loophole in the law. And I started laughing because I was like, <laughs> man, I think you might have. But <laughs> maybe. But the whole time, he paid me in cash a lot of money in cash before the show. And I was like, this is it. But the whole time I was on stage, I was just watching and trying to figure out where I would duck out of when the police came in. Because it was just so clear that's what they were aware of too. We're like, we are going to make as much cash yeah. in this operation as possible. And I was like, Hey, good for it. This is America. This is what this is. Yeah. And then I, uh, I, I called like three months later. I was like, Hey, is that gig still happening? Like, Oh no, no, that place is. <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Although I think like running out of there is probably worse cover than just like standing there with your ID like no. i just flew to the microphone and what if i just i could have just caught like just been like hey look at that guy. hey don't run it well, no one's yeah. gonna none of those dudes were running anywhere because here's the problem i had to this is the only time i've had to face this as a stand-up is like when you tell a joke there's like people laugh so you wait and yeah. then you tell the joke after they get done laughing like that's ideally how it's supposed to go uh but this what would happen was these were dabbers so i would tell the joke they would laugh. I would pause. And then they would all start coughing after they laughed. Cause they, that's, no. that's how they, I mean, they're all like, <laughs> so I would have to wait till they got done coughing and then tell another day. It was just like this, this whole thing's a mess, but they paid me in cash though. But I just like the loopholes of how it was for a long time. And I think how it's going to be for a very long time, even when the feds come in and legalize it. Cause I think you're so right that the feds are just going to take care of the money and legalize it that way. And then go do what you want states. Which Delta, all right. Like Delta eight's a good example of it a little bit right now, because I mean, it's something that's changing, but the states are dealing with it and I smoked some of it in a establishment in Texas for this Willie Nelson thing. And I was, they didn't, I don't know if they got this on the thing, but I was like, y'all that there's nothing funnier than what I just did. Cause like, I'm my body's stoned right now. Like the legit stoned, that's not a CBD. And I just did that (laughs) in, in a shop and bought it in a shop. I was like in Texas. I was like, that's so funny to me that they've opened this Pandora's box that those redneck assholes do not know how to put anything back in. Yeah. You're going to get creative and keep working around it. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like the modern day head shop dab lounge. (laughs) Yes. That's what I felt like. I was like, Oh, this is like the dab lounge, but they're not criminals. These are like one dude came from the insurance business. He stopped being in the insurance business to open that place. And I was like, Oh, well, okay. Well, that's Mr. Odds right there. So that's all he does (laughs) is numbers and percentages. So I think this is around 
right. Yeah. You hope you're so, saving on that. Yeah. <laughs> I think this guy knows what's going on. <laughs> there looks like the profit margin was good for this guy to wow. stop doing insurance. Yeah. So, oh, thank you so much for your time. And, uh, Tell everybody where we can, they can find your stuff. Um, sure. So uh, white label is W H T L B L. We just skip the vowels. Um, and I love white labels our Instagram. Um, and you can find us there. Whitelabel.co is our website. Um, the dispensary is uh, the Republic. And so shop the Republic.com is the website there and a uh, really cool dispensary with great views of the flat irons and um, great prices outdoor farm. So yeah, it'd be great to have you guys and definitely let me know if you're in town. I'd love to show you the garden. I will. Yeah. Don't say things you don't mean because I'm, I'm going to come. Okay, good. We have, <laughs> yeah. We're going to hang out for a month there. That, it's going to be cool. That's cool. We're, yeah. We're, we're planting the field right now. So we got about 2000 plants going out there this week. Um, so they're oh. small, but give them a little bit and mm. yeah, that'd be great. Just that one lane you're staying in. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that one lane. <laughs> you're so badass. Thank you very no, much. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> right? We yes. told you guys. We told you one. at the top. She's like, it's like that. It's a subtle inspiring. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like with Steven, you were like, I'm going to, when he got done talking, I was like, I'm going to go play football again. I think I'm going to win. Like, I'm going to go to the combine next year. Like, I'm like, I'm like pumped. And Chelsea's is like subtle. And you're like, I wonder if she would start a business with me. I think, um, I think we should start a, a business together. I think it's a good idea. She would, she would help me. Peter's like, oh, that's inspiring. She's an inspiring person. <laughs> Ray Lewis said great things are doing good things well every day. Man. And like that the people you choose to quote sometimes. <laughs> it is always of all of history. Like who you like some of the people you choose, it makes me laugh, but like from like, and this is great that we don't have human resources or a publicist or anything here at Grown Local Industries. Because anybody with like any official paper, like, could could you edit out the Ray Lewis thing? Just, I mean, he got away with murder, he so he he just didn't run his mouth. Um, <laughs> the way I understand it, <laughs> but I'm not saying she could get away with murder, but she's very detail oriented. So I mean, it is. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, so now maybe, maybe he, okay. What a fun podcast we have. (laughs) Do you think people listen to the intro outros or the outros? Because sometimes we say crazy stuff on the end. We should come up with like a secret word for them to tweet at us. If they've listened to the outro and if so, we can give them tweet, tweet at grown local pod tweet Ray Lewis after this episode yes yes exactly tweet, tweet ray lewis uh <laughs> after the chelsea joseph episode that's so funny uh or hit us up on instagram yeah when we promote this one on this after you listen to this we go to our instagram if you follow us on instagram and, and comment ray lewis that's so Tag photos in your story of ray lewis don't do that local. no <laughs> god 
God. It's it's because you live in a garden and you get to say whatever. It's like a green room, but we're in, on a can't. We're on a recorder right now, and you can't do that. So I gotta. Oh. I should have pressed stop. You guys, we love you. Grow your own. Grow your own.